0: Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit AvenueChurch.cc. Enjoy the message.
1: We'll get and working. so today is one of the is one of the top topics that we have. One of the top questions was on depression and mental health. Depression and mental health, and uh, I think this is a very serious topic. This is the topic that we see in the news. I mean, even a California pastor in this year committed suicide just 30 years old. Left his wife and three kids, and and that really uh, opened up a lot of our eyes. We see it in celebrities. We see it in the news. We see it with close uh, friends and family that that even we know. And so what I want to do today is today that I want to share what I know. I want to share what I've learned. But I also want to share in God's Word, if that's okay, with you today. As we encounter depression mental health. That I'm not an expert, I'm not a counselor, but I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. And my heart is to lead you to Jesus because I believe that God can heal us in Jesus' name. That God can create avenues for us to find freedom from depression and mental health in this place today. That is why we want you to know God. That's on Sunday morning experience through the worship parking lot. But then we want you to find freedom. I want you to find freedom from this torment, freedom from your past, freedom from your yesterday, so we can move on forward into our tomorrows. So here's the definition of depression. We can put it up on the screen today. And depression is a mood disorder characterized by anhedonia. And that means the inability to feel. The inability to feel. It means extreme sadness, poor concentration, sleep problems, loss of appetite, Feelings of guilt and helplessness and hopelessness. I want us to look at that definition of depression. If, you really, if we're really honest with ourselves, we can look at that, that, that definition of depression and say, you know what, I think all of us fell, fall in one of these categories at one time or another. That we've been in this list before, that we deal with some form of depression from time to time. That depression is the number one health problem in the world. That one out, of, one out of nine people are on depression medication. One out of five have been on depression medication. And I want to encourage you, before you shut me down and say, this is, this is the pastor, I know exactly what you're going to say. I want to encourage you today that I do not think that you love Jesus less if you take medicine prescribed by a doctor. I don't think you love them less. I don't think you're less of a Christian. I don't think you, you, you have no faith if you're taking exactly, not less, not more, but exactly what the, descri- the doctor has prescribed for you. And I tell you this because I have a friend. I have a friend who opened up. We were in an environment where it was safe. We were part of a group. And in this group, he opened up, and he simply said, oh, man, I, I, I thought something was wrong with me. I had to go and finally I broke down and saw somebody and began to talk this, this issue out. He prescribed to me medication and he thought I was a sinner, I'm a heathen, uh, I'm going to hell for this. But then he took the medicine prescribed by some mentors in his life that said, Yes, do what the doctor has told you to do. So he said, About after a week, he finally just had a moment. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful children. He had a moment just one day after about a week. Taking exactly what the doctor prescribed to him, that he thought to himself, wow, this is what it's like to feel happy. This is what it's like to feel this way. I want to encourage you that he is a pastor. So you might be saying, What, what are you advertising here? I'm advertising that I believe it's an issue that we can talk about today. I don't know if you've ever been sick, alright? You might, you might call into work. You might call in into uh, work and say, um, excuse me. And you might go, excuse me, right? Like, I, I, I can't come in today. I have the flu, you know what I mean? So I the count of three, I want you to yell out your go-to sickness, alright? You ready for this? Let's be real. We're in a real relevant church today, right? Ready? I, I can't go to work today. I have the one, two, three. Man, come on, 11 o'clock service. But notice, when we're sick, we'll say, hey, I can't come in today. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't serve today. Hello, it's raining, right? I can't get involved today. I have the flu. You don't say, I am the flu. You say, I have the flu. I'm encouraging you today that you, you can get sick, but you're not labeled by your sickness. You're not labeled by your sickness. There is a stigma that needs to be removed when we say mental illness. There's a stigma that we need to remove that your illness is not your identity. So I want you to write this down today. Here at Avenue Church, it is okay not to be okay. Can I get an amen, everybody? It's okay to not be okay. That I believe if you truly accept that, you say, you know what, it's okay not to be okay. But if you push at this statement and say, "Uh uh-uh, I can't share that I'm not okay. I need everyone to know on Sunday morning when I pull into this church, everything is fine. Praise God. How are you doing today? my, My life's a wreck, but I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm here to encourage you that if you don't think it's not okay, if you don't think it's okay not to be okay, that you'll never find help. You'll never realize that God accepts you exactly who you are and where you are. I want to encourage you that if you're checking us out today, know that this isn't the perfect church, but this is the church that we got problems, we got issues, all right? And that's just the pastoral team, and there's two of us, all right? I want to encourage you that it's okay not to be okay. That if you don't believe that it's okay not to be okay, then you will hide what is not okay. Here's a um, great doctor, Dr. Stephen Elardi. He has a PhD, he wrote a book called The Depression Cure. Saw uh, some our videos this week, read some of his stuff. This is what he said. We were never designed for the sanitary, indoor, sleep-deprived, socially isolated, fast food-laden, frantic. I'm going to say it's frenetic, but frantic pace of modern life. We were not created this way. We weren't created to hustle and bustle. We weren't created to be indoors and sleep deprived. We were not created to be this way. But here's some things that are con- contribu- uh, contributing to this. Number one, write this down, cell phone and social media use. Cell phone and social media use. Now notice, I love social media. You can follow me at Jeremy Bosma on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I'm on a Snapchat because I don't understand it. where to go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I don't know where it went. But I want to encourage you. I think it's a great tool, it's a great resource, but I also think it's a, it's it's contributing, it's contributing to our quality of life. There's a lack of personal content, contact. Excuse me. Even Mark Zuckerberg, he, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think he. I don't know if he's a Christian. I don't know if he goes to church. But Mark Zuckerberg made a statement releasing, I am sorry, I apologize for the monster that Facebook has created. And so now they're, they're kind of backtracking, finding ways so they can bring able, be able to change culture. It's shaping our children today. Video games and, 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 and internet use. I read an article just a couple weeks ago. The article said that video games now attribute to more physical injuries. So I was like, what are you talking about? The video game? Like, what are you doing? Like, dropping the controller? And I read through this article. It said video games attribute to more injuries in children because they're not forming their basic motor skills. They're not forming their basic motor skills. They're not getting outside, they're not playing not involved in sports, not doing activities. I told my son that just a few weeks ago. I said, Levi, video games. And I told him that stat. And he was kind of like, whatever, Dad. You know, he's six years old. And then literally hours later, he kind of accidentally ran into the door frame and went, ow. I said, video games. And he said, Dad, shut up. (laughs) Video games, I told you. (laughs) But number two, what happens, not just cell phone, social media use, but also lack of identity a lack of identity, that we are are confused about life, who we are in this life. We'll go on social media and say, I don't know who I am, so I need to find somebody to become. We'll go on friendships and relationships. We'll try to be in this this area of self-discovery. But that is why at Avenue Church, we talk about purpose all the time. Why? Because God created you on purpose. For a purpose, for a greater purpose, in Jesus' name. And so I wanna encourage you that Growth Track is not just a program. So we can say, yes, we had 20 people in Growth Track today. We had one in Growth Track today. But it's a, it's, a, it's a program designed for you to discover your purpose. Because if you discover your purpose, then you'll know your identity is in Christ. Write this down. If you don't know who you are, then you don't know what to do. If you don't know who you are in Christ, then you don't know what to do. Number three, there's an inability inability to process pain. Now, how many know we've become a culture that cannot handle pain? Where the baby boomers at? Like, I can handle pain. Come at me, bro. But we have become a culture. We cannot handle pain. We don't process pain. But what happens is we begin to medicate pain in our life. When we medicate pain in our life, it begins to simply add to the vicious cycle. We'll say, just another drink. We'll say, how about another night out? How about another Netflix binge? You know we used to say, like it's 1 a.m.? We used to say, just another episode. Now we say, just another season, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Another Netflix binge. Another scoop of ice cream. More funnel cake. Yes, I deserve it. I am in pain today. Also, number four, there's peer-to-peer mentoring that's taking place in this culture. I've never realized this, but there's peer-to-peer mentoring. We have a generation that is getting advice from their peers. Now, you might be like, what's wrong with that? I'm so glad that a 16- or 17-year-old Jeremy didn't listen to the advice of other 16 or 17 year olds. I thank God I didn't listen to them. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here. But there has been a, a society of peer to peer mentoring instead of mentoring from the top, mentoring from the bottom, that there is a tremendous need. For mentors in our church, if you want knowledge, if you're like I am, I just don't understand why, then begin to start a group. Start a group. Maybe you might say, I didn't have a mentor in my life. Well, then it's time for you to be a mentor. I didn't have a good father. Then it's time for you to be a good father. I had a terrible mom. Well, guess what, why don't you be a good, amazing, spiritual mom in someone's life? Because it was the way we were built. Come on, everybody. So I encourage you, I'm so grateful for mentors in my life. I say, listen, I'm going through a tough time. Listen to me, I'm feeling all those attributes I just, I just read. I need some advice. Number five is we've really become a selfie culture, a selfie society. And I say that because all we're looking at is ourselves. We're looking at just us. And i got to tell you, it's not the greatest thing to do. But approximately 1 million people commit suicide each year worldwide. 1 million people commit suicide each year worldwide. If I really break that down, that's one suicide every 40 seconds. That's 3,000 suicides a day. And that's because depression can torment depression can agonize you depression can torture you but i want you to hear me out today that i want you to know that suicide is a is a is a permanent irreversible attempt to solve a temporary problem Suicide is a permanent, irreversible attempt to solve a temporary problem because our emotions will come in like a wave, but your emotions need not to stay in Jesus' name. That the way you feel today, listen to me as your pastor, the way you feel today is not how you're going to always feel. That we can get you out of this. We can do life with you. We can get help. We can go on this journey together that you do not have to die to end your pain. You do not have to die to end your pain. There's a pastor named Rick Warren. He wrote a book called Purpose-Driven Life. Sold millions and millions. Great church in Irvine, California. And just a few years ago, his son had a mental health illness, mental illness that he committed suicide and ended his own life. And he and his wife, Rick Warren at K-Warren, took some time off, mourned, began to study. And now they, come, they came back in full force, preaching every Sunday, doing the work in the ministry. But also now they provide programs where we talk about depression and mental health issues. We talk about suicide in the church. And when he talks on this subject, he'll even put this number up. And so maybe you know someone. Maybe you need this number. Save this on your phone. Take a picture of this. But there's a National Suicide Prevention Hotline where you can, you can call this number and they're there to talk to you. There's a great way, great resource. I don't want anybody to know what I'm going to call them right now. And that's what I've learned this week. But i want to give you some God thoughts on depression and mental health. Is that okay today? There's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. Lamentations, if you read it, is really it's from the, from the prophet Jeremiah. Not Jeremy, but Jeremiah. And he was a weeping prophet, or some would say a depressed prophet. And so he appears to be depressed and downcast. And Lamentations chapter 3 says this, I have been deprived of peace. I mean, I can feel familiar sometimes. Yes. I'm deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. Maybe you grow up in church, you're like, oh, is this prosperity gospel? No, I'm talking about I have forgotten what it's like to live a prosperous and flourishing life. I have forgotten. And he says this, So I say, my splendor is gone. All that I have hoped for from the Lord, my, my hope is gone. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering. I remember the bitterness and the guile. How many know If that's all you're remembering, how many know if that's all you're ruminating on? Ruminating means to think deeply. If that's all you're thinking about, I believe you will have some issues. If that's all you're concerned about, I don't remember anything. But I remember that my hope is gone. I don't remember what it's like to flourish anymore. I don't remember what it's like to have hope anymore if we don't allow if we don't allow outside voices then we begin to listen to our own negative self talk my mom or my dad or my past this and that my day it's not fair it's all these things that I can relate I understand but we tend to remember the wrong things how many of you have had a day where like 25 amazing things happen in your day? Like this is the best day ever. 20 things happened today. It's amazing. At the end of the day, one thing goes wrong. You say, I had a worst day of my life. I had a terrible day because we ruminate. We think on the wrong things. So he says this, so I will. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. My soul is downcast. And i got to tell you, of course it is. Because you're only remembering the wrong things. Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, he says, we do not want you to be uninformed. I, will, I don't want you as your pastor, I don't want you to be uninformed about depression and mental health. I'm here to share with you today that God is not embarrassed to talk about this. He's not embarrassed to talk about this. That we're going to talk about this. We're gonna share about this. We're gonna do life together. That it's okay not to be okay. Because Paul says about the troubles we experience. We were under great pressure. How many know this? The Bible is it's real, it's living, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. I gave up on life itself that I want you to know today that we understand. I might not not know exactly what you're going through, but I'm here to talk about it. I'm here to let you know that we don't think it's strange, but we don't want you to isolate yourself. We don't want you to listen to self-negative talk. There's a Bible I want to share with you, a story in the Bible of Elijah as I close today. And Elijah was a prophet in Kings chapter 19. And as a prophet... He uh, did amazing things, incredible things. And one of his last feats, man, he, he went up against 450 prophets of Baal. My wife preached on this just a couple months ago. 450 prophets, and he said, All right, we're gonna have a throwdown. All four hundred and fifty prophets, you can cast out fire from your God and see if you can burn that up. But for me, I'm by myself over here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call down fire from heaven, and we're even gonna water my altar. He was sarcastic about it, like where's your God at? It's not working, maybe he's sleeping. Where is he at? And the prophet Elijah had a high of high. He had an amazing success, an amazing victory. But then you read in the next chapter, you begin to see he had the lowest of lows. Now, how many know your lowest of lows typically come after your highest of highs? Man, it is going so well, so amazing. Boom, crash and burn. How many know, even as your pastor, this is an amazing church. We're a year and a half old. It's amazing what God is doing. And I can, I can leave here on Sunday afternoon, right, because we tear down, lock up. We're high-fiving people to hide when people raise their hands and accept Jesus. But when I go home on Sunday night or Monday morning, what happens? I can begin, if I, if I want to, to ruminate on everything that went wrong ruminate on the things that didn't go right. Maybe I should have said it better. Man, if I could just increase and become better. And and that is why I have people in my life that I can call. I have people in my life that I can have a conversation with. I got guys even on Marco Polo. It's the weirdest thing, but hey, what's up? We're able to be transparent with one another. I have a wife who loves me to make sure I don't give in to negative self talk. How many know we can't trust ourselves? I think one of the greatest things we can do as Christians is not trust ourselves. And so here's what the Bible says it's in, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. This is what it said: Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. That's his highs of highs. So Jezebel sent a, measure, a messenger Eli- to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. By this time tomorrow... I do not make your life like that one of them. What does that mean? I'm going to kill you tomorrow. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. 450 prophets, come at me. One lady who was afraid and ran for his life. Then he came to Beersheba in Judah and he left his servant there. He said, stay here. I need to be by myself. He left, and he went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a boom brush, which was nice and big. He sat under it, and he prayed that he might die. Lowest of lows, I pray that I might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. For many of you here today, that has been your prayer this past year. God, I've had enough enough. God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. God, I am done. I've had enough. I am no better than my ancestors. I'm no better than anybody else. So there's four things I see in this scripture. We're going to go fast. Number one, we see faulty thinking. I believe the root of depression begins with faulty thinking. That we begin to rehearse the negative. We begin to a ruminating process where we rehearse the negative thoughts. We begin to think of all the what ifs. Man, what if this? What if they thought that? What if this happens? And I'm here to encourage you today. None of my what ifs came to pass. The Bible says that, you know, do not worry for what your mom may bring. Worry is not a sin, but it does not add value to your life. It doesn't help one. Bit. Philippians chapter 4, eight, uh, verse 8 through 9. Some of us, we need to write this down today. Take screenshots of this. Take this with you. Because what it says, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, anything, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Man, I have a terrible life. No, 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 no. I'm going to think about whatever's excellent. I'm going to think about whatever's praiseworthy. I'm going to think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in God, put it into practice. Take that step today. Be able to live by faith and the God of peace will be with you. Peace. If we think about whatever's good, admirable, enjoyable, that the God of peace will be with you. And that's my big prayer today. It's for you to feel peace in this busy culture, peace in whatever you're going through. Number two is isolation. He had faulty thinking. Number two is he was isolated. I want to encourage you that he left his servant there. But for many of us, it's not just being physically alone. I believe that you can be around people and still have loneliness in your heart. I believe you can have thoughts, that you're alone in your thoughts, that we cannot trust ourselves. I'm here to share with you today that emotions will lie to us. Emotions will make us do things. We cannot make decisions when we are isolated. That is why we love groups here at Avenue Church. Groups is it's not a program that get into a group and, so we can throw up a number. I'll encourage you, get into the group so you can do life with others so that people can pray with you, people can fight for you, people can say, I know what you're going through. Let's not do this alone. Groups are powerful. We have free market groups at Avenue Church. What's free market? That means basketball group on Sunday, uh, Saturday mornings. Better not be Sunday morning. Saturday mornings, they're playing basketball. That's free market. I mean, uh, they have wife life on Wednesday nights. If you're a wife, get in that wife life group. We have under 30 young adults in my house. Man, we're changing the world at my house on Monday night. We got men that, met, that gather for lunch on Wednesdays at, uh, from 12 to 1 o'clock at Jason's Deli. We have free market groups. Why? So we can provide an opportunity for someone to finally say, hey, no one knows this, but. No one knows this, but. And here's what I found every single time I've been in a group, led a group, or heard about another group, that anytime someone finally has the courage, when someone finally begins to trust, they'll say, hey, no one knows this, but this is what I'm going through, but. Fill in the blank. That the answer has always been, I thought I was the only one going through it. You're not alone. I'm right there with you. And I want to encourage you, do not isolate yourself. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. said, "A person standing alone can be attacked. And here's the problem sometimes, right? We're like, come at me, right? I can get attacked. I'm top. But this is what the scripture says. You're attacked and you'll be defeated. But eight, two, but two can stand back to back and conquer. How many know back to back living is the way to live? If you're back to back, you're saying, "All right, I can't see what's behind me, but don't worry, I got you. All right, I have your back." Then it says for eight, for three, or even better, the third person's all over the place. All right, I'm shortstop, baby. I got this. That even three is even better for a triple braided cord. It's not easily broken. We need people in our life that has our back. That if you're the only one who knows your secrets, you are very sick. We have to share our secrets. We have to share what we're going through. That we have people in our life. The Bible says the truth will set us free. So here's what number three says. We're led by our feelings. We're led by our feelings. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Your emotions and your feelings will lie to you. And all the married people said, amen. Come on. Because how many know, I'm going to marry that person because I feel it. And then when you get married, where'd the feeling go? What happened? I need you to divorce that feeling. How many know we don't get married based upon feelings? We get married based upon commitment. Based upon commitment. When my wife and I first got married, she was like, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Now, 10 years later, she says, I like the Packers. I am committed to her. I pray they beat the Patriots right now in Jesus' name. Amen. But we build our lives on truth. And on God's word. The Bible is living, it's active, it's sharp. John chapter 8, verse 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here's a challenge today: get in your word. Spend time daily in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we got free Bibles we would love to give to you. Go to uversion.com and download a Bible app. Go to uversion.com, read the Bible on the internet. If you're here today, you're like, I've never read the Bible. If you've got a paperback, if you've got old school, read Ephesians. Download that devotion. If you have no idea how to read the Bible, we'll help you. Your group will help you. But be, begin to read Ephesians or download what's called a devotional, little bite size every morning that will help you. They'll share Scripture, but then they'll tell you what it means. I can encourage you. The Bible says, I have hidden your word in my heart. What does that mean when we hide God's word? When we don't have a Bible at our reach, which we always do. But if you don't have a Bible within a reach, it means I've memorized scripture and that Scripture is hidden in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. Because I'm telling you, if you hide Facebook in your heart, it won't get you very far. If you hide Instagram in your heart, It won't get you very far. I'm not condoning those things. I even like those things. But it cannot come first in our life. It cannot be what we digest in the morning. It cannot be when our alarm goes off and we pull it up and go, what's everybody doing? We have to hide God's word in our heart. Number four is comparison. Comparison. We play the comparison game every day. I want to encourage you that you're comparing your worst moment with your highlight reel. You know nobody looks bad on Instagram. Can I get an amen right there? Like, I look really chubby and a double chin. Post! Put that one up. But we only have one person that we need to please, and that person is God. I'm going to end our story as our worship team comes forward. But here's Elijah. He's on in this cave, and God speaks to him, and an angel comes. And here's what the angel says. The angel shows up and he said, he lay down under a bush and he fell asleep, Elijah. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He, he looked around there by his head and there was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. And he ate and he drank. Thank you, Jesus, that we can eat in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. That is the word of the Lord right there. Thank you, Lord. That's not keto or vegan or anything else, all right? That is bread. I live on bread alone. Come on, garlic bread. Oh, sorry. It's in the Bible. Sorry. A jar of water. He ate and drank, and listen to this. And he laid down again. Right? He's like, thank you. Boom. That's some of your Saturdays right there. Right? Thank you, Jesus. But I want to encourage you. A true Sabbath, and this is something I'm learning. But a true Sabbath is a full day. It's a full day. A day where you're thinking about God, you're enjoying God, you're not in this frenzied pace. I believe it's messing up our minds. Then the angel of the Lord came back. He came back a second time, woke him up, said, Get up and eat, get up and eat, for the journey's too much for you. So he got up, he ate, and he drank. He was strengthened. By that food, and he went on a journey, and he went into the cave to spend the night. In that cave, God woke him up with a mighty earthquake. The earth shook, and all of a sudden, the Bible said the earth shook. But God was not in that earthquake. And then the wind came; it was like a tornado, just fierce wind, began to blow. All of a sudden, after that, said God wasn't in the wind, so he wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind. Then a fire and explosion came, and all of a sudden it was like boom, and it woke him up. And this is amazing! And after that fire. Then it said, God was not in that fire. That's where we get earth, wind, and fire. Thank you very much. Biblical band in Jesus' name. But it said, then in the still small voice, there was God. There was God. God is found in the quiet moments. And what the what the Bible says is that God gave him his marching orders. God said, This is what I want you to do. And so here's some four things that I see can be a solution. Four things I see could be a solution as I close and we're gonna go quick. Number one is get healthy physically. Get healthy physically. Get healthy physically. Sometimes we forget. God is spiritual, he's emotional, but he's also created our physical. He wants us to get it healthy. He wants us to move around. He wants us to get strengthened, find a workout partner, get physical, get out, eat healthy. All right, it's not healthy to drive through a to eat a burger in the drive-thru with your knee on the steering wheel. Because I've gotten really good at that, folks, all right? And go, praise God. I was at In N Out because we had a late soccer game and I went to In N Out and they said, Will you be eating in the car? I said, don't judge me, you know, like, get out of here. But we gotta eat healthy. We gotta be careful what we're eating. We gotta take a nap. Get proper rest. Psalms 127. In vain you rise early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat. What does that mean? I get up early and hustle. I stay up late and hustle. Why? Because I gotta make money. Why? I gotta provide. Why? I got bills to pay. Why? I gotta make it rain. I want to ask you: yes, are you you're making money, but are you happy? Are you happy? For he grants sleep to those who he loves. My prayer is that today you're going to go home. It's raining today because God loves me. It would just be a great day to take a nap, to get some rest, clear your calendar, to say, I need rest. Number two, pour out my heart to God. So Elijah, he hears from God. He gets strengthened by the angel that he begins to pour his heart out to God. I believe God loves it when we vent to him. So Elijah said, God, I am the only one here. I am the only one doing this. I am by myself. And God didn't rebuke him. God's like, there's thousands of prophets. There's all kinds of things happening. But God did not rebuke him. God didn't say, shut up, get down. Because I believe that God could see what's in your heart. So he wants to hear it out of your mouth. God says, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, and you will find rest in your soul. That's what worship is. Worship is pouring out to God. When we do it for 15, 20 minutes on a Sunday morning, get home and get on Spotify. Download a worship song and say, God, I pour out. God, you give life. But God, I pour out in Jesus' name. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. We need to turn down the world's volume and turn up God's volume in our life. God, I pour out my praise. Number four, let God give me a new purpose and a new direction for my life. You know, mental health is the number one problem in this world today. But I can encourage you today that there's nothing else brings more meaning in life when God says, I have an assignment for you. God speaks to him and says, get off this mountain. Get up. I want you to go down to that city. I want you to anoint this king, anoint that king. And I want you to find Elijah because you need to mentor somebody. I'm going to do a work in your life. That's why we have the A team and growth track. That's why we want people to get involved, not so that you we can use you to build our church, so that our church can build you up, so that you can be a part of something greater than who you are. So we can invest in something greater than who we are. Second. Corinthians said, therefore, you can give God a praise for that. Second Corinthians says, therefore, we do not lose heart. For though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for the light and the momentary troubles. Man, I got 99 problems. I got 99 problems, but you know what? That far outweighs God's eternal glory. God's eternal glory. I better switch that around quick. God's eternal glory far aways them all. Now, Paul was attacked from every side and he said we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. I fix my eye. I pour out to God but I fix my eyes on what I cannot see and that is what God is doing in my life. I had a season in my life. I could look at it and go, "Mad, depressed." I could look at it and go, "Hopelessness, helplessness." I felt like the direction God wanted me to go was opposite to where my final fulfillment was. And I remember thinking to myself, "God, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a ministry. I don't want to do this no more." And I remember I got away, stopped listening to my thoughts, got in close community with other pastors. I began to get alone with God. And you know what happened is that's when God spoke to me in my lowest of lows. God said, this is what's gonna happen. I see Wet and Wild, I see Southwest, I see a church called Avenue Church. I see what God is gonna do. In this city. And what happened? Hope began to rise up. Purpose began to rise up in my life. But listen to me, vision didn't change my situation, but it gave me hope and it gave me purpose. It didn't change nothing externally, but about hope internally. That I say, God, you are life. God, you're amazing. So God, I pour out my praise. So what's stand with me, please? Like I gotta say, normally we're a 60-minute church, but I want to to know that many in this church, you had the boldness. You took a rest to say, I'm dealing with this. Let's talk about depression and mental health. And how many know it's okay to not be okay. But can we today just raise our hands out and say let's look at what's unseen and let's say God I pour out my praise. God you bring life. God I think upon these things Father in Jesus name go ahead worship team I want us to raise our hands and let's worship for a second let's worship for a second let's pause life right now let's just take a moment you you bring
0: light to the darkness.
1: Come on, everybody.
0: You restore. you restore every heart. Every heart that is broken. God, Great are you, Lord. Come on. Your breath in our love. So we pour oh, out our praise. praise. We pour out our praise. It's your bread in our lives. Come on, pour so out. Pour
1: out our praise. Out today. the only. Father, I think about whatever's good. Whatever's praying is good.
0: You. you give a life. You will life. You bring light to the darkness, you give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you,
1: Lord. Come on, everybody. It's your
0: breath Pour out of praise, the only is your breath in our lives So we pour out a we praise. praise. We pour out a praise, our it's your praise. praise. It's your breath in your bread. In our love. lives So we, we pour out a praise. praise. The only. If
1: you feel comfortable, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I want you to hold a hand out just like this, like you're pouring it out. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray it out loud. I believe in for God to do a work and a miracle in your life. I believe that God is going to heal. God is going to restore. God is going to bring life. God's going to even bring an environment where you're okay to share. God's going to do something new. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Be number one with all my heart. The best way I know how. I'm going to live for you. So give me life. And so today, I give you my life. I give you everything. Say, today, I now know who I am. I am saved, I am redeemed, and I'm a child of God. And everybody shouted. Amen. Come on. Come on. He gives life in Jesus' name. Man, if you prayed that for the first time, will you shoot a hand up, put it right back down. Will you just let me know. Will you just let me know if you prayed that for the first time. Fill out that Connect card. Text that number. We want to get involved in your life to know God's going to do something greater in your life. So text that number. I'm going to dismiss you because I went too long, everybody. I want you to know next week we have at the movies. You have a great time. Bring your costumes for your little ones. We got candy all all over the place. But Here's what I want you to do. On your way out, I know we gotta go to lunch. We got stuff to do. I want to encourage you, leave your kids in Avenue Kids for just a minute or two. I want to encourage you, we got prayer teams that are going to be on the sides. Encourage you, stay for a couple minutes. I'm gonna dismiss you, but stay for a couple minutes and begin to worship God. You can say, God, help me. God, do a work in me. God, change my thinking. God, change my heart. Let me pray over you today. Father in Jesus' name, God, we thank you. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing inside every single person. The Father, I pray today that the words we heard today will be, begin to encourage us. The words we heard today will begin to equip us. The Father, I pray if there's anyone here thinking about ending their life, Father, I pray, I pray, bombard them with your purpose, infuse them with your love in Jesus' name. The Father, we thank you for their generosity. Father, we thank you for their time today. God, I pray for an amazing day, an amazing week. In Jesus' mighty name, and pray for church, Chicago Bears. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for Have listening to today's message. Avenue
0: Come Church on. is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.